Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all over the globe, world, internationally, galactically, and whatever time period you are hearing this in, future past, wherever I can find your ass, this is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev, Game Dev Unchained podcast. That's all the rhymes that I could spew out on time. Uh, and I did say half, but today we're actually a third because you know it's that round table helping me bring you this juicy podcast goodness about game development and the lifestyle of game developers, Mr. Brandon Fam. What's up, everybody, to another episode of Roundtable News. You know what that means. Our third unofficial podcaster, Ray Graham, is joining us. Ray Ray? What's happening, guys? Glad to have you again, dude. Again, these are conversations among game developers, and these are opinions reflecting only of our own opinions and not the company we work for. Please don't get us fired, yada, yada, yada. A lot of things have been happening the last past month, including a new Battle Royale. All right? Every month we have a new one, but this one is a major one. <laughs> but let's just start with the biggest news that everyone's talking about right now. Right? Activision. Rip. So Activision, as we are recording this episode, so this is probably last week for you guys listening now, just laid off 800 people across all yeah. their companies um a major portion of that being uh blizzard but also you know uh king the candy crush guys got affected um destiny destiny well i mean bungie's already gone and then uh just various studios within the activision i heard uh high moon also there are some yeah high moon Moon so pretty much all their companies um got affected it got laid off so as bobby and I know Bobby's listening. As Bobby was announcing and touting a record-breaking year to the shareholders, people were getting their pink slips uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a in a Quentin Tarantino fashion split screen. It's, he was like high fiving everybody on the call, and then uh, everybody <laughs> everybody else is like, their last day was today or something. The magicians call that misdirection, right? Like yeah. knowing that the earnings call is that same day, all the good news that investment channels, like non-game development channels, would be picking up and sharing about Activision would be, oh, record sales, record revenue, year high, blah blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. return on investment, all time mm-hmm. high, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But there's two things they couldn't run from: one, the stock price being down about fifty percent since October. Mm-hmm. For, I think a high of eighty three dollars down to forty, maybe forty dollars right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, yeah, you're you're not going to outrun eight hundred people laid off from your company all at once. Yeah. Well, well, nothing nothing boosts a stock price like announcing some layoffs, though. Because <laughs> uh, as far as investors are concerned, that's less that's less expense, right? Yes. And that's and that's why they did it, right? And they do it around their fiscal reporting, mm-hmm. and then they tell the investors, "Yeah, we we laid off 800 people, so now our guidance for the next year is going to be way better because we yeah. we lost all these people." Mm-hmm. Um, 
a lot of key words were thrown. Uh, although we had a good year, including like a $2.3 billion fourth quarter, mm-hmm. we didn't reach our f- full potential. We didn't go full uh, full Goku. Right? Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. Yeah. So, well, they said they fell, they fell short of their of their expectations, even though they did records, record numbers. Record breaking. It, it fell short of what they expected. It wasn't do. enough, man. And, uh, and so the operating, a lot right oper- there. operating expense needed to be cut, man. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Dude, the, 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 the model 2019 yacht that Bobby wants <laughs> <laughs> requires some expense cuts. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that 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 is the news around the industry dominating this this past week right here right when you guys are listening to this if we uh before i don't know if you were getting ready to change but i did want to go into it a little more because i was looking at you know the trimmings like a lot of it was publisher side obviously the first one is like yeah sure i get it you're cutting the destiny publishing side team because what were they doing once you (laughs) not work on destiny anymore so i understand that and then there was developers related to that as well um from what i saw though because i was researching into it the claim that we, the public, get to know is that they're trying to reposition themselves uh-huh. to make up to about 20% additional resources available for their big projects, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, um, Overwatch, et cetera, et cetera. So they're calling it freeing up capital to reinvest uh, moving forward. So I'm just going to take it at face value. I actually like that move. I hate to say that on the backs of the people who had to lose their job, but just looking at it from like face value and Microsoft Excel spreadsheet, putting myself in Bobby's or the guy who's looking over Bobby's shoulder. They didn't release a lot of products last year. And so I definitely know that there was opportunities to do so. I think that a little bit of course correction on what they're developing and how fast they can put out products would be something that shareholders would want to see as well. I think last year they released four products that I know of. There was Destiny 2 Expansion. There was Black Ops 4. There was something... What was the Spyro? I think Spyro. Didn't they do a Spyro thing? They did a Spyro remaster, yeah. But uh, that didn't remaster that. So yeah, two, it was a so it was games last year. Yeah, and that's how Activision is, and the way they're gearing up. You know, they they try to soften the narrative by saying like, "Oh, these are non-game devs." It's like, oh, bitch, everybody's involved yeah, into man. making a game, and like yeah. eight hundred souls uh, are jobless. After a record-breaking year, it's like there's no way around it. But mm-hmm. you know, Bobby's gonna sleep well tonight, of course. But <laughs> other than that, but yeah, I, I think it's just you know they want to focus more on the the actual development side. They want to produce more games. They want to push more games out. Mm-hmm. And they because they looking around and they're like, wait a second, you know, this this costs money doing doing the few games that we're doing. It's costing us a lot of money, yeah. and we're not seeing as as big enough return, right? Yeah. And that's what happens when something's publicly traded, right? That they have, they have to answer to the investors, mm-hmm. and then always the developers are gonna are gonna lose it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's super unfortunate. And again, to all the people who are misplaced right now, you know, we really feel bad for you guys. I hope your talents will find you a new place to work. Possible. Um, seriously, though, like it's—I remember all my layoffs. None of them were ever good. You know. Uh, I wonder, actually, this is probably going to be a little rude, but I wonder if anyone in the layoff had the opportunity to take the, like, paid leave the company thing, like, two months ago. That's a Blizzard thing, for oh, sure. Just Blizzard? Oh, yeah, yeah Blizzard has a program where you get paid to leave, and uh, 
there's there's a lot of things to, to that, including yeah. like people were knowing since November of this uh, gloom and doom uh, in February type of thing. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk more in detail. Of course, it's a huge blow in the industry. It's like yet again, after two months of like the whole Red Dead fiasco, there's the Activision thing. And it wasn't because of them losing money. It's because they didn't make enough money. It's like the greed is insane. So that, that hurts, man. Yep. Really hurts. <laughs> yep. Well, at least Bungie got out <laughs> when they could. And then, uh, you know, Blizzard, you know, we're going to have uh, Overwatch 2, Overwatch 3, Overwatch 5. You know, that's how they're going to do it. Wow. That's their style. So, yeah, it, it was an interesting. The acquisition of Blizzard was always interesting, but now we're going to finally see the 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 crawl of activision's fingers around blizzard's creative neck um (laughs) it's gonna happen man it's happening already so you know what's an interesting sub story that i'm seeing out of this is like a lot of people are going straight to the c-level execs and looking up their revenue or their uh their personal income like for previous years like oh you get paid two million dollars in salary and 26 million dollars in bonuses yeah you know what i mean and I'm looking at it like I get it. I see that, and I like I'm pissed too. Yeah, but I know that Activision, the corporation, are they are they corporation or whatever Activision, they need to put something together for their C level executives because people are coming in and using Activision as a springboard to get to Netflix. Yeah, or you know what I mean? Like they had three, what was it three C level executives come in, mm-hmm. see what was happening, and then get a better job. In, yeah, it was like months. their CFO. Yeah, CFO got fired over getting a deal with. Netflix, but eh, I don't blame them, dude. If you're, you're going to a company that's doing well and they fire you anyways, it's like fuck that. I gotta go to Netflix. So, <laughs> well, I guess what I'm getting at is like, as as mad as I want to be, and I know that I'm gonna get flamed for this. As mad as I want to mm-hmm. be, it's like, oh, you're paying this guy twenty six million dollars, whatever. Nobody wants to go to Activision and hold down the fort, apparently, right? So, like, they need to do something to attract the talent. Yeah, yeah. talent. They gotta pull the the C level people buy to do stamps. That you yeah. buy stamps that have numerical a <laughs> numerical value. <laughs> it's like, uh, what game you making? All right, let's put a two behind that. Next, uh, what number are we? Number five. <laughs> what fucking talent? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The, the, okay. the most creative muscle they had was Blizzard. Mm-hmm. All right. And they hated the fact that their new IPs weren't performing as well as their older IPs. It's like at some point you got to run the, you know, whatever blood that's streaming through, whatever creative energy they have, it's going to be, you know, tainted and watered down, which is what they're going for. Sure, they can tout Call of Duty this and that, but the Battle Royale have shown like, indie or smaller more innovative companies are are leading the way and you know they're just looking for for they're just they're not activision is not innovative corporation and they're 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 siphoning off their only chance of doing that you know i I haven't heard any new candy crushes (laughs) 
<laughs> just look at all their shit, dude. Yeah, well, yeah, and, they, and they just closed down. Like, uh, part yeah. of this layoff was exactly. the mobile studio in Seattle. Yeah. Z2 yeah. Live. Yeah. Seattle and San Francisco, two studios. Yeah. That's rough, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we'll see what they do, I guess, next year. If yeah. they do come out with 20% better product across the board or not. Uh, I hope for the best. I love Blizzard games, though. I definitely don't want to see Blizzard stuff not come out. I love to see Diablo 4. Oh, it's going to come out a lot, dude. Enjoy that. <laughs> it's happening. It's going to come on strong. Order ro- uh, WoW, WoW Mobile. WoW 2. Uh, Diablo man. Mobile is already out. Uh, Overwatch Mobile. Man, oh. the hate, the hate, man. Wow. <laughs> they call me a prophet, man. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to spend like a good amount of time on Activision as this story falls out because there's a lot of like more detail to it, like about workers, especially and how they saw this, uh, the writing on the wall and like how, you know, this whole fallout thing, especially at Blizzard, which is known for taking care of their employees where some some were shocked that talented people were actually at go as well. So. It's the Hearthstone, like heads yeah. voluntarily leaving, starting their own company and like getting that Disney money. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a nice segue, right? Speaking of talent, all right, our boy Condry um, <laughs> is creating a new studio, new opportunities in the Silicon Valley area, right? So his initiative for the company is to increase diversity. And so it's as a focal point, right? So when asked to comment further, he's like, well, hold on, let me put the team together. And then I'll come back at you. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm always wary of new studios around San Francisco because uh, the, uh, when it comes to game studio salaries, it's always the same, which is uh, harming us a bit. But uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts about this? I, I don't understand. And I'm just going to be honest. I want to take any sort of personal stuff off the table. And just right. I love to attack from a business standpoint. I actually don't understand what a business model is to say, like, I want to focus on diversity as a game developer, right? Like I would assume you're going to focus on making games. I get it. It's important to you that you want to be a diverse company. Yeah. Like if all that you're going to do to announce yourself is like, Hey, I want to make this studio and focus on diversity. I mean, I guess that's commendable, right? Like it sounds good. Uh, yeah. like a great way to make a splash because I've never heard a company in game development just come out and that's their first tenant, their first stake in the ground. Well, like, okay, that's that's just right. me. I'm just you know. All right, yeah. Let me just like, it's really weird because like the the one article that I saw mm-hmm. that that mentioned where they quoted him saying diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Our diverse studio. I didn't see that same quote repeated in other reporting. Mm. Right, I only really saw it from like one. Yeah, one, I saw uh, that same. Yeah, right, and and so I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I saw who it was who's like, I'm starting this diverse yeah. um, <laughs> video game studio. And I'm just like, what's diverse about this right here? Like, there's nothing diverse about this yet, mm-hmm. right? And and I and I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna get there or what the plan is to get there or anything like that. Um, so I was just completely like, yeah, whatever. I, I believe in this case it might be diversity because there will be men and women. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's usually that's usually what they mean when they say stuff like that, and uh, <laughs> and it's and it's very sad. It's very sad. It's definitely clickbaity. I mean, it is a trendy thing, especially in San Francisco now. So it's if you have nothing, that's probably the best card to 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 create interest. I think. Um, when I, I do agree with you, Larry, like what is a diverse initiative for a game company where games should be very competitive and it's all about the best game winning? Mm-hmm. I'm more about like lowering the gate and being all inclusive. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean? Like you actively exclude people from applying for a job just because they don't fit this diverse initiative yeah, you're trying to meet yeah yeah then how does that that i, I think in the uh, end if you're just going for uh, i mean i i'm gonna say something right now right this is a, <laughs> i'm gonna say something but i think overall diverse or not it all comes down to competence right mm-hmm. and for a game studio to survive especially in the last few years you just got to make the best game that you can and so I don't see that initiative really carrying out, even though maybe the intent behind it is really strong. And yeah. well, people make people make this mistake all the time. Whenever people mm-hmm. say diversity, they always say, Oh, that means you're gonna exclude, yeah. or that means you need oh, but you need to find the, the best people for the job, right? Yeah. And and so like if you really unpack it and break it down, right? You look at video game studios, how they're broken down right now and, and the demographics of video game studios right now. Are you telling me that it just so happens that it's mostly white men that are competent at making video games? Like, no, yeah. no, that's that's not true. Right. Um, but what is true is that we do tend to hire people that we know. Yes. Uh, refer people we know and stuff like that, right? So then in that kind of a situation where you're like, hey, I need to hire some people for a video game studio, mm-hmm. maybe holler at my boys and then your boys have a really high, high chance of being just like you. Yeah. Um, and then the cycle just keeps going, right? Yeah. So then so then, really what you need to do is say, okay, well, I actually have to go the extra mile and reach outside of my networks right. and find the people that... that fit this notion of diversity who are also competent and very good and they do exist and they are out here right right like um you know i was at an event i was at an event uh this 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 event called next play with mm-hmm. a bunch of black software engineers you know yeah. and they had shirts they had shirts that they were giving out that says they say that we don't exist right because mm-hmm. of the whole pipeline problem and blah blah, mm-hmm. blah right and and i'm like and i'm looking around, and i'm looking around the room and i'm like yo there's a lot of us in here Mm-hmm. Right, you know what I mean. Um, but is it is it enough of us to to, to make up the seventeen percent gap or whatever? Uh, mm-hmm. Probably not. But but there's there's more than me being the only one or me being one of four, mm-hmm. right? Um, at, at a company for sure. Uh, so so yeah. So you know, it's just you have to reach outside those networks and and find people. You know what I mean? Find women, find mm-hmm. people of color, right? And just and and they're out here and they're working. Mm-hmm. You know, just on just on Twitter recently, there was like game devs, game devs of, of color hashtag, mm-hmm. and I saw all sorts of people I didn't even know existed in this mm-hmm. industry. You know, and I thought I, and I thought I knew everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As a minority myself, uh, I'm definitely for any sort of all inclusive initiatives, right? So, like, all all jokes aside, like. I like that news. I like that that's something that the company that's going to start is going to try and focus on. And I actually just want them to be successful at it. And I want it to work out because one of the barriers that needs to be breaking down is that 
the whole like it's not that we're racist but you know like you Ray said we hire our friends and we hire for competency and yeah. predominantly those two things tend to come from specific demographics yeah i would love to just disprove that and so if this initiative even takes one step in that direction is like look everybody can do it we made this great game we have this diverse company to the point where it's like we're not looking at faces we're not looking at skin colors we're not looking at backgrounds we're looking at skill sets we're looking at aptitudes mm-hmm. and they just so happen to be from all over right like mm-hmm. that would be awesome that would be great so i wish do them blind, do blind resumes like yep. no names on the resume no um identification yes. like age anything on the resume and uh and then just like pick from that yeah. you know 100 percent that's one that's one minor that's a minor minor thing right yeah. minor step <laughs> I hope to God it works, man. It's, it's going to be good for more people who want to make video games that don't fit the common stereotype or demographics of right. game developer or good game developer. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I guess we'll find out uh, from his first draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, right away. Well, there, there is, it there starts is with leadership, right? So. There mm-hmm. is the other thing that like is kind of not being mentioned though is it's partnered with was it a 2K partnership? 2K, yes. yeah. 2K. Wasn't all this last two years he was like working internally at Activision to develop new product with Activision? What happened to that? Well, I kind of know what happened, but I can't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind that. But oh, obviously, yeah. uh, you, guys, you guys know how this stuff goes already. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know. There's history with EA. Now there's history okay. with Activision. Who else is a big player now in the Bay Area? And it's 2K. Yeah, 2K so yeah. uh, that seems that's, to be the, the yeah, other that, player. That's about it, right? Like that's, it's just 2K. 2K I, yeah. I guess there's Ubisoft, San Ubisoft Francisco, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it's basically 2K. Yeah. Ubisoft <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco is doing some interesting things. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, but 2K has that Rockstar money, so they they are open for ideas. So, to all my minorities about to start working at that company, represent. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all 2K needs is like another another um, studio in the Bay Area that they will probably shut down. But we'll see how it goes. That's what I mean, man. It, it feels like a bad mix. It sounds like a bad idea, but then. Uh, you know, if it comes from a good place, yeah. you know, the 2K has the money to do so, then so be it. Um, we hope to hear good news and it starts with leadership. So if it's pretty serious, then we'll know within the next year within LinkedIn and the news outlet of uh, who these first round of leadership. And I agree with you, Ray. It starts with like looking outside the network and that leadership group. And then they have their own set of network and. Mm-hmm. If they can do blind, uh, what do you call it? Um, screening. screening, right? I was about to say audition. <laughs> <laughs> blind screening. Uh, I think that would mm-hmm. definitely help with that initiative. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, good luck. Good luck. Now, <laughs> this last month, we can't. Dude, Brandon, look, I need your help, man. Uh, I really like using all these great tools from Quixel and everything, but I just don't have the budget like I used to. Can I borrow your account for a day or two? Like, I need, <laughs> look, what can I'll I do? do I'll do you one better. All right. All right what's up? 
So Quixel hooked us up, and we've been listening to our listeners about this, where uh, the Quixel DLB4, our GDU code, uh, was for first three months uh, 30% off, right? Fans have been clamoring, wanting a one-year discount subscription. So we we, we knocked on their doors. We begged on our knees, and uh, Papa... Papa Teddy uh, was gracious enough to make this work for us. So now we have a new discount code, GDU10. Gives you 10% off on top of the annual subscription. So let me break that down for you. The annual subscription already gives you a $120 discount, right? Versus Mm -hmm. if you were to do it monthly, we're going to give you 10% on top of that. So if there was ever a reason that you were thinking now big savings and a big help for the podcast. Of course, you can go to megascans.se drop that code GDU 10 GDU 10 and get those savings and start mega scanning. Yeah, dude. Top of the line industry ready assets available to use in your unreal unity projects to use in your games to use in your whatever, whatever project you're working on. If you need models fast that look true to life, actual 3D scans, photogrammetry. If you want to create your own textures and materials, you can go ahead and use Mixer. There's so many tools available for you. I've been using them just a little broke, but thanks to the code GDU10, I'm back in the game. Back in the game. Again, GDU10 ever ever skip over talking about battle royale and the biggest <laughs> biggest player just jumped in uh respawn with apex legends yeah. um like the goofy name in the middle of the night just in the middle of the night just dropping it and uh within i would say three days i read they had 10 million players it's a free-to-play game yeah. uh and within a week there were 25 million players Ooh. and so that number is climbing wow uh, Yes. And, um, you know, if we're talking about major players, it is still a distinct difference from Fortnite, Mm -hmm. but it's doing really well on Twitch. Positive feedback. It is respawn. So the mechanics are all there. I'm so happy for respawn. Infinitely better than PUBG. Um, <laughs> Shots. Shots fired. It's only a matter of time. And, PUBG uh, had three years to get their shit together, man. That's all I got to say. Yeah, well, it took them three years to flush art down the toilet. So oh <laughs> wow. They're never going to catch up, right? If these uh, major players are coming in this hot day one, yeah, it's, well, like, it's Fortnite and someone else. It's always going to be Fortnite and someone else. I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, the secret, like, you know, people have come out with Battle Royale games that haven't caught on this fast, right? And I think that the secret to making a great Battle Royale game and being successful is, one, be already successful. Yeah. <laughs> and two, <laughs> make a good game. Yeah, but because you're already successful, you already know how to make a good game. And yeah. therefore, it did just hit it straight out of the park. And like, and it's crazy because they did no marketing, right? Just mm-hmm. day one, they're just like, "Yo, hey, guess what, guys? We have this new game, and you right can play now. it right now." You know, yeah. and um, yeah. and literally before we started recording even this um, discussion right here, I just I was just playing, yeah. um, you know, and I won. We won the match by team. Oh, I'm still playing. Big yeah. up, big up, <laughs> champions, champions of the 
Yeah, I, I noticed you're playing. You didn't let me join your group, so. Uh. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brandon. We're full. We got you. Yeah. Me, Ray, and Marcus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say this, right? I, I definitely have. I know Battle Royale is here to stay, obviously, right? Twitch streamers, it's yeah. as long as they're excited about it, people are going to get excited about it. And although Apex Legends didn't have any pr- drum up marketing, mm-hmm. they they hit up all the major streamers to make sure day one that they were playing their game. So yeah, they were very smart about the rollout. Obviously, it caught them really quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there was like a a market for a realistic battle royale game that yeah. that looked good right and played but, well but never but, like, sorry like there was i just want to make one point like yeah. never forget how joe blow off the street that wants to make a battle royale game cannot just go to streamers and be like hey play this battle royale right. Right. it's because respawn is calling yeah the streamers like hmm, all right let me see what you're saying right yeah. because they know what to expect right yeah. like having the name and, and the reputation behind it really helps a lot I yeah, agree. that's yeah. where you said the already successful when you're yeah. like first be successful and then yeah. make a good game. Yeah, just to clarify, in case any listener out there is like, How are you gonna be successful before the product? We're talking <laughs> about like it's respawn entertainment, they have prestige, yeah. they have clout, they have money, they have resources and connections. That mm-hmm. dropping a tweet 400,000 views, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, whether we're talking about hey, streamer, we can pay you 10 grand if you just play our game for three days straight. And they can spend $200,000 on that. And that's, I don't want to say nothing. And that's probably not the prices. I'm just throwing this out there as in to respawn a $200,000 expense is a lot different than Joe Blow's game studio spending the $200,000. And then some, you know what I mean? The reach that goes beyond that, being able to just have your own media, have your own day where people will anticipate, oh, respawn's showing something tomorrow at 12. I better tune in. Joe Blow can click the same YouTube buttons, can click the same Twitch buttons to premiere a video and be like, hey, come tomorrow at 12. Ain't nobody watching that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ain't, no, ain't nobody showing up for that. So yeah. who, are you, who are you? Exactly. Yeah. If you have a video game that requires 100 people to be ready to go just for one match, right? You need to reach before you have the game. And Respawn had that opportunity. They were set pretty to be able to do this, right? So like... Yeah. Yeah. I get exactly why it's successful. Yeah. And, and, the, game and, is the, awesome. game, and the game's good. And the game yeah, is good. The, <laughs> the, mechanics, good. the mechanics are on point, tight. It's, yeah. it's a good game. Two African-American characters on launch, by the way. So mm-hmm. just the, it is February, you know, I got to give them props. Conjury, take note. <laughs> That's what a team looks like. <laughs> but what I like, what I like about that though, like if you want to get on that subject is, yeah, they just, the characters are super diverse, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of women, you know, and then there's a like a Hawaiian Maori type of dude. He's Polynesian. Let's just say Polynesian. I, I don't know exactly what his background is, right? Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, it's like just out the gate, and it just looks organic and natural. And I'm like, yeah, I'm with this. This is cool, right? Um, yeah, go ahead. To be, to be honest, like when you look at the group makeup of the launch characters, that to me is more represents what I see anywhere I go in America, big city, or where I would imagine sure. most of your game consumers are, right? Like that makeup is yeah. closer to actuality than to see like, you know, and I don't want, I'll just say majority people to think like this is some sort of like we're coming down. Like, no, but like we've seen white guy saves the world for 30, 40, 50, 100 years in all media film 
books, whatever. Mm. I, I love that inclusivity is actually the norm because if you just go outside the Whole Foods right now, I don't care where you live, you go to your Whole Foods, you're going to see everybody in there, right? Yeah. Well, depends on where you live, actually. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you say you don't care where they live, but it definitely matters. I don't care where they live. You're going to see there's... <laughs> we like cashews we like fucking spinach it's, especially especially kale, foods, kale and all that shit too man especially whole foods man if it's if it's whole foods in oakland yeah hell yeah that's what i'm saying it's like but if it's if it's the whole foods somewhere else everywhere like, else yeah everywhere else okay let me just let me just come off the soapbox and say the point that i'm making is like inclusivity is not a radical idea anymore to me because it's yeah. actually when i step outside that's the norm for me that's what i yes. expect yeah, yeah, for sure. And so yeah. they're definitely um, uh, benefiting from that. They, 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 did, they did a battle royale correct, right? They did mm-hmm. the epic way of battle royale. They were working on one game, mm-hmm. and they pivot mm-hmm. because this battle royale <laughs> thing is really hot. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and they are successful with it. So, you know, I, it's no surprise that this was a Titanfall 3 game, right? And EA really pushed the narrative and like, hey, this this thing is working. You guys come up with something. They played it internally. Like, hey, this might be something. And they worked off of that. And that's why the game is so polished. That's why yeah. there was a lot of Titanfall assets throughout. I got to ask you, though, do you have proof that there was a drop Titanfall 3 and make Apex Legends? Or was I, uh, Apex Legends the plan the whole time? Come on. I, I No, I think, okay. No, I'm just asking for proof. I'm asking for proof. I'm not... I have, a, I have a feeling somebody. I don't want to get him fired. <laughs> <laughs> My proof can't be fired, right? He's yeah, enjoying. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, no. Go ahead, Ray. What's no, 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 no. I was just Is saying this- that. Uh, I was just saying, like back to the game. Actually, though, it's, it's kind of different from the <laughs> epic situation a bit. Yeah. Because they actually spent time. Well, because it's not post release. PUBG. Yeah, it wasn't a post release course. It's also, it's also slightly different, right? Because yeah. they had yeah, it it's forced teams. You could actually resurrect, so it's not just your dad and mm-hmm. over. Sure. I mean, they, they, put, they made a twist, of course. I mean, Respawn uh, is a respectable game company. So yeah. they're going to look at the genre and put heroes, their heroes their, with individual abilities. And, yeah. yeah. I like everything that they did because they did it right, in my opinion, right? Like you. When I see a lot of battle royales, and I mean a lot, right? Like it's 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 a derivative in the sense that it's like our version of battle royale, but it's not our unique expression of battle royale. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I really appreciate about this is this is like a unique expression of battle royale, right? right? That's what's yeah. really cool. I would love it's, if they tighten up some of the gunplay a little bit for Conflo, yeah. but other than that, love the game. Actually, and actually, like Apex Legends is stealing the thunder of another battle royale game. That actually just launched today. I hear. Oh shit! Uh, it was actually announced. Impressive. It was it was announced at the Nintendo Direct. Oh come and on! And it was Tetris ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Tetris has a better rail. Battle, I saw that. I don't know what that means. Tetris, Battle Chess Tetris with ninety nine players. That's for, amazing. That's so amazing. How, does, how does that work? Is it just I, I think last they, one that lasts, I guess, right? Yeah, it's the last one standing, and I think they just play in pairs, right? And it just dwindles down to the winner. To the winner. Uh, I'll say this. That's amazing. I'm sorry. Battle Chess is no, really, no, no, Battle Tetris is, is fun. And, and quite frankly, Tetris, in my opinion, is one of the pure 
mm. pure, pure video games. Like it is a game. A game is skill, high skill game. Mm. Anybody can play, but it's also a very, very high skill Super game, right? And then you're going to put that in the Battle Royale kind of environment and just make it available to Nintendo online subscribers. Mm. That's dope. That's dope. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that idea because, again, that's a unique expression of a, you know, one versus 100 yeah. individual kind of concept with Battle Royales. But I think I'm sad to hear that that game's thunder is being stolen. But I do want to say that it's going to segue into something that I would like to talk about, which is the shift of making games that are fun to play versus making sure that your game is fun to watch. Because there's, yeah. I was having this conversation with a developer friend of mine last night. He was like, man, it just really feels like because of Twitch's involvement in what we do as game developers, game publishers, and selling games now that like you can't ignore the Twitch stream. You can't ignore that audience because that's an opportunity for sales. Yeah. So, so much is going into making sure that your game is just literally fun to watch, not even participate. Yeah, and I would watch game design. I would watch I would, Tetris Battle Royale. I would love to watch that. Hell no, yeah, I would no, watch that. that sounds hell, hell yeah, I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I want to see that 16-year-old beat the, the former champ. <laughs> yeah. That was incredible. Out of nowhere, this kid. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I will play the sentiment of a, a devil's advocate when it comes to Battle Royale fatigue. Right? I understand it's like a new team deathmatch mode that, you know, it's mm-hmm. open open play for everybody who wants to participate and make a mode out of it. But I also can't ignore that, you know, a Battle Royale is essentially hiking <laughs> picking up stuff and sometimes you get to shoot <laughs> so it's the last two minutes of like kills that yeah there is a portion of overwatch players like for example that still like that immediate mm. you know satisfaction and but that's the thing where i feel like companies like activision is pushing against because they're looking at the the big cow the cash cow that that's happening right now and they're ignoring like this you know, sure, I'm a smaller minority, but still making, you know, millions of players that appreciate, you know, faster pace type of gameplay, right? But that's like what you mentioned, like let's unpack your basically you basically saying battle royale games are boring, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's basically no, I love I love camping, man. I'm, like I'm I sometimes I'm, I'm I'm summarizing what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. And like and I think it works. The reason why it works is because, and I think I said this before, because of the pacing, right? Because there's those lulls to the action, because like you could go 10 minutes without seeing anybody when the action does happen, like it, it happens. Right. And like, and it's, and I guess you blood pumping and then it calms back down again. You lose, you get ready again for the next encounter. The next encounter could be two seconds away because then people heard you fighting just now. Right. Or nobody did hear, and they can't get over there in time, right? Like, like the the pacing of the game and how it just organically, and also how the you know it's basically forcing forcing conflict because the circle's closing and all that, right? right, right. Um, and so then basically, the longer you live, the action kind of ramps up, ramps up, right? Sure. I definitely um, appreciate the contrast. I understand yeah. why it's hot. I understand why yeah. it's addictive. You know, I finish you know episodes of Seinfeld when I watch <laughs> full episodes of shows I I haven't caught up on Netflix when I'm playing yeah. Apex. <laughs> so, I appreciate that aspect of it. I think the key thing that I would like to comment on is like Brandon. What I'm hearing for you is like shooter battle royale, like Hunger Games style gameplay 
we're getting that fatigue, right? But what I'm super excited about is just the concept of let's make a game that's 1v1 v100. I need a better way of saying, I mean, I guess it's Battle Royale, but when I say Battle Royale, people think shooting. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So I actually like the idea of last man standing style games in other areas being explored. Like I realized that I love the idea of last man standing, but now what is last man standing bowling? What is last man standing golf? What is last man standing, you know, some other type of game something oh, new gonna, you know what i mean you're gonna see it bro <laughs> it's that's coming what I'm that's what i'm saying like yeah that, i'm actually activision is working on this right now last man candy crush last man <laughs> wow <laughs> last man diablo last man wow last man wow actually sounds fucking awesome I <laughs> yeah love there you go you're the problem dude 100 people you're, in the background everybody go young. at it that would be incredible awesome <laughs> Also, can we talk about also how it's cool? These games are fun, but this is also the race to the bottom. Yeah, this is it's it's because my word is the business. Yeah, games are so expensive to make, and then the companies are like, "Wait, we mean I can make two hundred million dollars in a month?" Yeah, right. Yeah, let's do that. Right. Um. So, and it's and it's going to become harder and harder and harder to make new other games that are not battle royale games. Right. That's right? what that's Steel, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Steal people's attentions away from the their TV or from from the from the computer from the console to play your game when they're over there playing uh, Fortnite or Apex Legends or PUBG. Right. It's right. hard to get that attention. Right. So it's gonna be harder to sell games if it's not this thing. Right. Yeah. And it's gonna be harder to sell games. Period. Because like, yeah, you make a game for free mm-hmm. and you get. You get 25 million people to play in a week, right? Mm-hmm. Where you sell it for 60 bucks, and I guarantee you, there will be nowhere near that number. Yes, right. This so, is a big shift for as a game developer, right? Let's talk about the business side of this because I'm more concerned about that. The effect of me pitching a regular game, right? And even if it's a small company to mid level. Publishers are going to look at that. It's like, is it going to give me 25 million people in a week? It's like, how many Battle Royale games that are actually pro- like really making money right now? It's just three, right? Four, maybe. But like, they're looking at that as the metric. And so all these other companies, all Activision included, right, are looking at ways to like, you're not making a Battle Royale. I'm not interested. That's a problem. So, like, in, in a very uh, saturated market when it comes to shooters, now it's I feel like it's even more saturated because of this influx of this genre. Yeah. But FYI, we've, we've always been doing this. Yeah. Right? We've been going down this path for a while, right? Because it was the um, DLC, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way of monetize to make more money was DLC. You have to do DLC. Or when the game is hot open world games are hot everybody's like okay i gotta make my game has to be an open world you can't make non-open world games anymore right mm-hmm. and there's a ton of open world games getting made right mm-hmm. and or more free ex- exploration and all this that you, you have to have that now if you're making a big triple a game right mm-hmm. and then it was like oh okay now dlc's not really getting it okay premium and standard and deluxe editions of the games when they ship right Right. and then like the seasons the season pass for all the dlc like we we've always been trying to figure out what's the next hypeness to get more money extract more money right and uh battle royale is just the next thing it's like okay free to play mobile's been killing it so now let's do some free to play in console and triple a space because we can make money right um so it's just it's you know 
there's gonna be something else on the horizon right, right. But, but i think we were still right we're racing towards this just extract more money more money more money but i think personally i want smaller teams making great great games yeah. that don't cost so much that are yeah. still the games are still great yeah, but then yeah. that will that will actually have to scale back on the ambition of what we deliver to the, the gamers let me ask you a question right if ori and the blind forest had a super bowl commercial telling people about the game go buy it and let's just say you know it was going to cost like what a million and a half dollars for that 30 second commercial <laughs> right if that was part of its launch plus what you could imagine was the cost of the game do you think they would have made return on investment no, i don't think so okay super like I, I think that game was niche right i think some games are just niche right and you're not going to get everybody to play it and then some games are, are very uh very uh what's the word accessible Appealing. viral accessible yeah right where kids and adults old people can play it right <laughs> fortnite is that game like that right um apex legends isn't that game like that. no it's not fortnite still has a foothold on all the kids yeah, yeah, in grade yeah. school and everything right. and or he's niche right and i think like if you have a niche game you should be able to make niche games and reach your niche customers right but then we have to solve the issue of like discoverability mm-hmm. and you know people need to want to play it and buy it and so that the little smaller devs can actually eat and live yeah you know well i'll be interested to see within ea's own backyard because anthem you know thunder has been really uh stolen so we'll see if that market is going to be open for that type of shooter because it is within the shooter genre. And they kind of did this with Titanfall two, where they released it within a week of battlefield. So EA loves doing this type of thing where they kind of like hurt their own, <laughs> own I, I, studio. Yeah. So I, don't I don't know how I don't understand that move at all. Actually. So I'm interested to see what the fallout of Anthem, because Anthem had like a nice little beta testing and it had like, and then apex came out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Anthem's coming out soon. Right, right after uh, either this month or next month, but really soon. Well, no, Anthem. I think Anthem is this week. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious oh, to shit, see really? what that means. Yeah, they're coming out soon. That, that's what I mean. It's all about Apex right now. So <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would wait for reuse, Larry. Uh, the demo's pretty terrible. Right. Anyway. So I want to. I would like to see what that means for companies that are not doing Battle Royale how it affects them, even though they had a nice buzz, even though it's a respectable game company, but it's not battle Royale. So what happens? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, So that kind of leads to uh, in the last month, you would, you know, everybody wants a piece of Fortnite, right? Mm -hmm. One way or another. So all these dancers, all these music artists are coming out. I think rightfully so. Uh, because uh, I, I thought it was pretty short-sighted to for Epic to be copying these dances without any compensation. How do you guys feel about that? I think at this point, if ever they were going to feature any sort of contemporary like pop culture dance, they're going to hit the people up and be like, yo, we'll give you 10 grand in cash today. Can we use this? Yeah, yeah go ahead. All of those lawsuits never happening. It's way less than they're probably going to pay their lawyers. That's just a guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're definitely doing that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, at yeah. this point, I would just be like, look, we're going to sell so many of these things. Just pay the people something yeah. like that sounds nice for their level of success. <laughs> and we don't even ever have to worry. They need to pull a Timberland 
Jay-Z big pimping sample. Like, hey, I forget the guy who did the like the sitar sound that they used. They just paid him like $150,000 or whatever. And then, boom, they owned it. And when that guy later tried to sue, he was like, oh, this song is like super big. I want millions of dollars for my sample. They won the lawsuit because they agreed that they would buy it for X price. Right. Yeah. So that's that's my advice. I would think the dancers would say every time, every like it'll be more like a monthly fee of licensing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It it's makes not sense. Going in the game. It's not going in the game, right? Yeah, yeah, that would never. Well, yeah, that would never happen. But like, just lump sum payment is how a lot of this stuff works, right? Right. At least that's how it works with music and clearing samples, cleared all that kind of stuff, right? You just pay, you pay a lump sum, and then that's that. Um, interesting thing though is like. Fortnite's not the only game that has a lot of these dances. Somebody did a video showing all the games that had these dances, like, you know, 2K, Notorious, um, Horizon, Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon. Yeah. Right? There's, a bunch of, there's a bunch of games that, that have these dances, right? But because, you know, Fortnite's making all the cheese. Of course. Right? And gets yeah. and has gotten everybody's attention, right? Then they're, the uh, they're, they're, the point, they're the point of contact, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it is making money off of people's creative, creative talent. Yeah. Um, and just trying to get away with it, right? And, um, you know, just trying to culture culture vulture off of, of the culture that's been here you know yeah. there's definitely there's definitely aspect of that too like kind of the kind of all the coolest dance moves are definitely uh not of the culture of most folks that work at epic oh yeah <laughs> if your animator is right. referencing the dancer to animate too right. it's like all right at some point how did you not see that this might be a problem I, you know? i'm right. telling you I'm sure there's like a YouTube video and like rotoscope style yeah. <laughs> animation right on top <laughs> of all the animators doing it. Yeah. No, and there's um, what was I going to say? There's a uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Yeah. I don't know how true this is, but like he did an interview and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you can't use my my dance. I copyrighted my dance a long time ago." Mm-hmm. Somebody told me about ages ago to copyright my dance, and so mm-hmm. you can't use my dance. These yeah. games. That's why you don't see. Crack that in any in any of those dances, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Games, right? So yeah, he's smart. Somebody also told him, like, hey, you should you should uh, copyright this, right? Um, So yeah, like you definitely should copyright it, but um, definitely Epic should be throwing some cash back to these people. You know what I mean? They have they can afford to, right? Like because of like the string of lawsuits that they're getting, I'm sure if that's what they're doing, and I can't speak for them, but I mean that's what I would do. I just like here, ten grand. Sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just think, so I'm, I'm actually surprised that Epic like copy something and like oh, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. You're you're hate. It is, this is my first time uh, hearing something like this. It's preposterous. <laughs> you gotta love him. Brandon. I, 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 but I, I think, like, uh, in like a court of law, like by the book law thing, I think Epic might even be able to win these these uh, these lawsuits. I think they might be really? able to win, like legit be able to win. But like it's open. It's like open. Yeah, open. like if it's if it's not copyrighted, you know, like who's who's to say that they can't use it, right? Um, but I'm not like I'm not a lawyer, so maybe there's some law that that says you can't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it feels like Epic could possibly win these lawsuits, right? But I think the moral thing to do is to be like, hey, guys, you know, we're going to use your dance. Right. And, and I think in a, yeah. lot of, a lot of situations, they probably don't even know who to even hit up. Right. 
about the dance in the first place. As long as they rest on their morals, as history shows, it'd be uh, it'd be a good thing. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about something unlawful. Starbreeze <laughs> is no more. So within the last month, they went bankrupt. So news started coming out that like one of their, I think CFO or CEO, one of the head guys were like siphoning, siphoning money off of of the company right so it was a big big thing like the, i think their stock went down as like uh 80 cents or something at some point before they went kaput and so uh yeah all their games that they're working on got stopped and i don't know what happened to payday or all that stuff that they were working on yeah why well, I, I yeah i don't know if, i don't know if the games got stopped per se or, or they were so what happens when a companies go bankrupt <laughs> like studios still keep going uh it depends on like what is like usually when you go bankrupt you're just trying to protect yourselves from your creditors right i see um, i don't know what the metric is anymore for yeah. game game companies like yeah, yeah. on one side we have a game company have record-breaking sales and they have to lay off people <laughs> and then on the other side we have bankrupt people and studios are still working what does this mean yeah like, I, I can imagine that they're probably not to stay stay working much longer or maybe they <laughs> scale way down to just one game right um, I will say this: those guys are the most optimistic game developers <laughs> around the world. <laughs> Maybe something will. Yeah, like I've heard, I've heard of completely shutting down. Right, That's right. Sweet. They have a lot of good uh, games going over there, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Payday, Payday's a big. big Payday is a big money maker. Yep, and you, and you heard the news. Like uh, there was, there was an article that came out that uh, that the. Uh, they sold the rights or they sold the publishing rights back to the developers for a system shop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Well, they need the money. So <laughs> <laughs> pay off those creditors. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's how that works. Right. Yeah. You, you basically, you basically get some cash in so you could pay off the creditors and, you know, and because you file for bankruptcy, there's a certain order in which people have to get paid. You know, court, the court handles all that stuff. I don't know how it works over there because they're they're somewhere in Europe, um, so I don't know what the laws are over there. Isn't it in Sweden, Switzerland? One of those? <laughs> Shit, those are two very different places. <laughs> yeah, well, I named them two separately. To <laughs> Sweden, Switzerland. What are you saying? <laughs> Uh, it's one of those, right? No, I think you're wrong. I think they're in Stockholm. Stockholm, really? Stockholm. Well, I mean that that pretty much wraps up um, last month. It, it is it was mostly Apex until Activision, and then you know, you know, Knight in Shining Armor Conjure came in with Initiative, and uh, a lot of people wanting a part of Fortnite money. So. Well, just, sorry, just to fact check, Starbreeze is based in Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah, mm. there you go. Nailed you're it. Like, you're like Sweden, <laughs> Switzerland. Uh, like. it, was an S. it was an S in Europe. Okay. Yeah. I was near. I was close. So, uh, I mean, that, that wraps it up, unless you guys have something to say. Uh, again, Activision is a big deal. We're going to continue to tell that story. We're going to dedicate a glass door confession to it. And uh, anything that you guys want to discuss, go on Discord. You know, anybody that is working at Activision that was affected or knows someone that is affected, yeah. you know, drop us a line. We would love to include that. I think I want to go out on saying 
I hope all these publishers start hiring executives that weren't top of their class, let's say, because they were so good at school that they never played video games. <laughs> like, hire some people who play video games. Hire some people who love the game industry. Hire some people who... And I don't want to speculate because I don't know these individuals personally. So, like, it will be wrong to just blanket statement. But one thing that I do feel like is a lot of these publishing arms of companies, a lot of these top-level executives, decision makers, marketing people who are overriding the things that the creatives are asking for or requesting to do come from a background of not playing, not knowing the community, not knowing the games, not knowing the product, not knowing anything other than how did it do before I came here? I'm going to do whatever I can to make that number look bigger. Then I'm going to bounce the Netflix. Yeah. That's it. Capitalism. Capitalism. It's just a bunch of statisticians who, uh, if they see like, the chart dip at any point they they call for danger and start laying off people and when it comes to creative stuff it's all about building the community you know seeing what works being risky and then testing the waters and then adjust but if you take that and eliminate that whole part of the creative process you know you're just gonna get twos and threes and fours and fives you know that's <laughs> you're basically a guy with the stamp just waiting for an ip to to stamp the number behind <laughs> that's i would love to sign up for that job it's like this needs like my favorite joke uh that i heard about the serialization of franchises was when the, uh left Left 4 Dead 1 came out, Aaron, right? <laughs> and then Left 4, 2, Left 4 Dead 2 came out right after, a year after, right? Mm-hmm. There was a huge outcry. And I was like, hey, I wonder what was happening in that boardroom. <laughs> and my friend was demonstrating. He was looking at it. You know what happened? They look at the whiteboard, and it was a money sign. <laughs> and they're, like, thinking, and they just put a 2 behind it. <laughs> that's what they did. And so, to me, that's what execs look like, right? They just, They just play it safe, see what works and just really building up. And I, I think that's what we're seeing at Blizzard currently because they highlighted the franchises that are working, right? The Diablo, the Overwatch, you know, they want to pull in the resources behind those games uh, to, to make it bigger. Right. But uh, you know, I think uh, to balance that with innovation for a company that big is always good for the industry. And mm-hmm. I hope they don't just keep going down, going down that route where, you know, more developers are suffering from not being creative and just, you know, being derivatives basically. So, yep. all right, that's my rant. <laughs> I got Brandon Fan to my left, Raymond Graham to my right, Larry Charles in the middle. And I'm saying good night. Thank you for joining. See you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. 
And if you do so, you'll get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.